0: You're listening to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name's Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker. As uh, we usher in the pregame to game four, even though by the time you've listened to this, it's over and done with. Unbelievable game four. <laughs> Fantastic. What it, maybe we could just start the show. I mean, it's, it, we're recording on Monday, but it's, it's about 5.30 p.m. Uh, maybe we can record a show where we're so ambiguous it sounds like we watch the game and we know what we're talking about. Right. We should try that. <laughs> that would be fun. Just Can you believe the save Holby made in the second period? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah Braden yeah. Holby. you know, uh, the, pro- the problem is if he has a horrible game, we're in big trouble. Right. But as long as they all have just have an average game. You know, I thought they played, uh, you know, despite the score, I thought he played great. Just a four-to-three game. Pretty average. Everybody gets something in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, my I thought Ovechkin came out with a head of steam. and uh, <laughs> Kuznetsov really had the feet going. Half the time, I, I actually, I think the analysts are saying things that you could just, you know, Very you've got a list of things and you just kind of throw them out. Uh, yeah, that kind of anal- the, uh analysis that no one cares for. Because it's the kind of analysis players give in player interviews. Ooh. Players go, Yep, yep, we uh you know, we know we gotta come out in that second period and play harder. It's like, no, no, that's dumb. <laughs> that's dumb. Uh you outshot them and you outchance them. So Yeah. <laughs> that's that's dumb. You just need to keep playing. Or or they say, Oh, we just need to keep playing our game. You know? And you're like, no, you're last place in the league. Don't play your game; it's not working. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) anyways, so uh, we will officially start the show by saying welcome, and uh, you know the game game three. We haven't actually talked since game three, but uh, another great game. Yeah, Uh, Ovechkin finally scoring his first Stanley Cup final goal, and uh, that really set the table for everything. Uh, We're we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on the game, but uh, just. Give us your 60-second thoughts before we jump into what the Dallas Stars, the St. Louis Blues, Mm -hmm. and the Florida Panthers off-season breakdown. So that's coming. But before we do that, let's 60 seconds on the game.
1: Uh, Washington definitely had the edge in this game for sure, and it showed on the scoreboard. I mean, this was by far the worst game I think I've seen out of Vegas and, well, maybe the entire playoffs, honestly.
0: Yeah, it was the one game where it actually felt like, oh, no, they're not coming back. Yeah. Whereas well, all the other times, you're like, well, when Vegas, here, here we go. I mean, we've put 120 seconds on the clock, mm-hmm. and they're probably going to score sometime in the next two minutes. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're seeing the effects, and it, it makes me wonder— how big of an impact Marc-Andre Fleury has made in the first three rounds. Because now, with a guy who's not putting up a 9.50 save percentage and is just playing average, he's not playing terrible, but he's not playing at that 9.50 rate. And it's like, geez, oh, Pete's, man. Vegas just looks pedestrian. Hey, I mean, you think about it. He's
0: saved about eight, nine goals more than what he would have saved if he had like a 9.25 save percentage. right. So I mean, think nine goals
1: or eight goals over the course of, I mean, I mean, it's, it's that's a difference that's in a lot three of the games. Wins. Yeah, yeah, and first time ever Vegas has lost back to back. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they come out and adjust because already reading. So David Biron is out for game four tonight. They're going to move Tuck up to the second line from the third line, and Tatar's coming in for the first time right. in this series. And Tatar, he's only got. One point through six games, through but the playoffs. it
0: was it was the first game that he played in the playoffs. He scored a goal. Yes, absolutely. So I think they're hoping for some more magic, we'll right? Obviously, find you, you, out if that well, happens.
1: But he's a twenty goal scorer. And the funny thing is, is uh, David Buron, he has not put up a goal, and I think it's now twenty seven straight playoff games dating back to when he was in Anaheim.
0: I I heard something about Brooks Orpik that I loved. Ooh, please, uh, Brooks Orpik? was well, that that goal that he had was what his first goal. In 220 playoff games, probably the first the <laughs> Uh something like that. And then the the better one was this. There have been it's something. Uh, the number escapes me exactly, but I, it's in the 900. There's something like 960. I'm pretty sure is the number. Mm-hmm. 960 players who have played over 900 games in their career in the NHL. So basically, a thousand people have played a 900 games. Okay. Out of those 960 players, Brooks Orpik ranks 960th in goals with 17 goals. Wow. That's, that's quite a stat, actually. That's, I mean, if you look at it the other way, he's the best player to play the most games at not scoring goals. He's the I,
1: best at not scoring goals but staying really healthy I think that's career. quite a compliment for a guy like that because you look at, you could just say that's how good defensively he's been for his teams, whereas like you can't, you, typically when you've got a guy who's just that goal bitten and can't score, you, you take him out. Right, you you right. don't play him as much. It's, so for a guy like that to obviously play so many games, it just is a testament to how well he plays defensively. And he actually looks, for a guy who's 37, he looks like he's in his, 30s. I mean, early 30s, late 20s, playing, getting around pretty good. You know, 37. 37. you right. 30s. His early 30s. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, yeah, yeah. He, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't look like the all-out liability mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people, especially the last maybe two years, were kind of pointing at him and going, I mean,
1: dude. Yeah. I was expecting a little bit. When, when I knew they were going to play Vegas, I thought that speed could really expose him. And it really hasn't that that trap game that Washington plays is just that neutral zone trap thing. Yeah, It's just worked out really well. They're, they
0: are very committed to playing yeah. one particular way, and it's it's working. It's working, and good on them. Uh, I think that Vegas will win Game Four. Okay. So, obviously, listening well, to this, you know what will happen. They have to. If, they,
1: if you're down 3-1, to one, regardless that you're going back home, it's...
0: And you know I'm mm-hmm. rooting for Game 7 overtime, so, yes. of course, I'm rooting for Vegas. Because, <laughs> it, I mean, if, if it's 3-1, the chances of it going to seven games are slim. So, we got to get this one tied up at two, boys. All right. I'm a big Vegas fan tonight. And then the next game, I'm just a, a fan of hockey. And then whoever wins that one, I'm a fan of the next team. Because he that lost. <laughs> So, all right, uh, let's dive into our off-season breakdown. We have already gone through 1 through 12, I believe it is. Yes, 1 through 12. Uh, and now we will do the Dallas Stars, the St. Louis Blues, and the Florida Panthers. If you're counting at home, the St. Louis Blues do not have a first-round pick. Uh, it It is owned by Philadelphia, but we're doing the original owner of that pick or who would own it if they had it. Uh, so that's why St. Louis is there. We will get to Philadelphia in a couple shows from now, as their nineteenth. So let's uh, just give a little a little breakdown of the Dallas Stars uh, in terms of what their team looks like, what kind of off season things they uh, they're going to have to take care of, and then we'll give our evaluations of said things going on in the off season. So the Dallas Stars have all their draft picks for. Uh, rounds one through seven, along with Chicago's fourth round pick. So you know, don't uh, don't waste those fourth rounders. You know, they're yeah no. I mean fourth round fourth round picks. I there is there's a a chart of the percentages of players from different rounds and different places being picked. Uh, I the fourth round. I think the chances of going to the NHL and playing a hundred games is something like ten ten or eight percent or something like that. So uh insignificant i mean it's very small but it's certainly possible uh okay so we have a few rfas uh gemmel smith devon shore matthias yanmark and steven johns and then unrestricted free agents antoine roussel dan hamhuis greg Patarin, and carrie Letnin. good old stalwart carrie Letnin. all right so um when I when I look at this team, my first question, of course, we, we we talked about it. I mean, there's two players at the end of next season who are free agents, unrestricted free agents: Tyler Sagan and Jason Spezza. Spezza not nearly as important. With okay, bye. 26 points for a 7.5 million dollar <laughs> cap hit. So uh, by by my math, that's about. I don't know what, $300,000 a point or something like that? $250,000. $250,000 yeah. a point, yeah. Uh, but Tyler Sagan, I mean, he, if Jonathan Taves got 10.5, I can't see Sagan getting less. And so, I mean, losing Spets up that certainly frees up a lot of money. I mean, there's your money right there. I mean, 7.5 million. Sagan's making 5.75. Five, and you put those two together, um, that's probably more than what Sagan would get paid. So, when you consider that Sagan's a free agent, is this a, si- a similar situation to John Tavares, where you look at them and you go, Dallas really has not had great success? No. They had the one year where they finished first in their division, which yep. was three years ago, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, they made it out of the first round, they beat the Minnesota Wild. And and for all the things that people saying that the Minnesota Wild, oh, they kept it to Chicago. Oh, it's not Thanks Donald Trump. They lost <laughs> <laughs> that was wow. Uh spot on. They lost to Dallas. So yeah. that was their year. They could they had a chance. They could have they could have uh, and then i d I'm trying to remember who Dallas lost to uh that year, but anyways, uh they really have not had much playoff success with Sagan and Ben. Uh, even though those two, certainly not the problem. It's no. not not saying that they're the problem, uh, but the rest of their team. You know, I was when I was looking through this team, I'm going, I don't, I, I feel like I don't really know a lot a lot of their players. I mean, I know you know in their top six, and but they just really lack depth up front. Uh, what what's your assessment of this team? I think you maybe watched them a little more than I have. I feel like I maybe watched like
1: two games more, (laughs) three
0: or four games this year, uh, for the for the stars. They just kind of
1: weren't in the in it much. And no, they were they were definitely a team that I was hoping would make the playoffs. Because I mean, let's face it that that top line of of Radulov, Ben, and Sagan they're they're fun to watch. And that power play with Cleanberg back there, and again fun entertaining hockey and that's what you want in the playoffs i mean they're a team that you could definitely say could go out there and score some goals with that top line but the problem is is after that top line nobody puts up points i think there was a drop after raduloff at i think it was 76 their next best scorer was uh radic fasca at like 36 points or something around that so not not too good when your next next guy's down are halfway you know are putting up half the points you are um I will say this, though. Dallas is going to be getting Valerie Nachushkin back from the KHL. Yes, that's right. Which is going to be a great addition to their secondary scoring, and I think that's going to help a lot. Um, I'm kind of curious, though, at what kind of cap hit he's going to bring, what kind of contract he's going to cost. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. I think solidify. I think if Fosca can take the next step and be a good second-line center for them with Nachushkin, I think that could be... Um, could be a big boost for them. But to me, they, they have to add a little bit more depth scoring. Signing a top six forward would be great. Um, and then they they got to find somebody else to to play some minutes on the back end to, um, you know, somebody who can produce a few points. I know uh, that, that top pairing of Kleenberg and, and Lindell was, was pretty dang good. But, you know, Mark Mathot wasn't too bad, but he's not going to put up points.
0: Yeah, right, and Mark, Mark Mathot is 32- I mean, he's, he's, not as he's definitely as he on to. the decline. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a guy who really, a lot, I think a lot of people thought he would be paired with Klingberg yeah. because of the way that he played with Carlson. And obviously there's a lot of comparisons with yeah. the, the Klinger and the, the Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Klinger and Carl. Wow, great. Uh, by the way, the, the Stars' next leading scorer after uh, Klingberg, of course, had, but forward-wise, was uh, Matthias Yanmark? Okay, he had thirty-four points. Third line uh, winger. Only three players with more than twenty goals on this
1: team. Yeah,
0: and that's and only enough. seven with more than ten goals.
1: It's not good enough.
0: It's, yeah, and it, and it's not like oh, there was a bunch of guys at nine goals. No, <laughs> but yeah, seven guys with more than eleven goals, ten goals just doesn't. That's not going to cut it. Yep. And you can't continue to play Sagan, Ben, and Radulov on their own lines. No. It, you can't. So to me, actually you're mentioning Nichushkin and Faxa. Uh, to me what needs to happen is Sagan, Ben, and Radulov. That's a fantastic power play. By mm-hmm. all means go ahead. I'm I I can't think of what their their uh, power where their power play was ranked. Uh, it was actually under average, but uh, they were at 19.26%
1: and that could be the fault of the, the, the second unit just can't produce. So Sure. Uh, I mean, power play-wise, they had twenty
0: three uh, 30 goals between the three players, which it's is pretty good. Not, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to me, though, I go Sagan, Ben, Radulov, they all need to play on different lines. Mm-hmm. Because... All three of them. All three of them. Okay, wow. wow. Sagan, Sagan's on the top. Mm-hmm. And then you have... Ben and then you you try to get Ben with Faxa. Okay. And then you're putting Rajilov with, you know, that third I uh, every team needs three centers. So you go out and you find your center. You you need to find your third. Uh Nichushkin can play up with with Ben and you've got your other side. I guess that's that is the difficulty is that Sagan is your top center. Whereas yeah and then you have your next two best players are wingers that's why that team doesn't work as well as other teams where often you look at teams like the penguins their two best players Malkin and Crosby they're centers like San Jose you look at San Jose and you go okay uh, you know you've got Thornton at center even I mean I know he's he's not the top guy necessarily anymore uh, and you've got Logan Couture, and and even a Pafelski. Even though he plays the wing a lot, he can also play center. You have these guys who are a little more uh, have the ability to to move around. When you have two of your three best players as a winger, it makes things difficult. Look at Chicago this last year, uh, especially losing losing a Hossa. Now you're looking at Taves who. I mean, we're not even going to classify him as in their best player at this point. No. no. He is, but he, he he really struggled. To have him as your one of your best players, that's why they were not good. Yeah. Uh, but having Kane being your best player on the wing makes things difficult. Now, Washington, you look at Washington, who has obviously their most notable player on the wing, mm-hmm. but these playoffs, Kuznetsov has maybe been their best player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at least in, ter- uh, if, in terms of points, but also in terms of the... Uh, his ability to be on the ice on in certain situations, take big big face offs. no, absolutely and uh, and play a more defensive role, which is the capitals are in the finals because of their defensive play.
1: yeah, absolutely. And to just drive that nail home, Kuznetsov, I think, has done more for Ovechkin's offense than Ovechkin has for Kuznetsov's offense.
0: That's yeah. And, that's a, that's a fair point,
1: and and yeah. and to
0: that point too. Backstrom probably their third best player. So oh, absolutely, there's two of their three best players are a center, and that works much easier. Yeah. When when you <laughs> when you have it that way, I, I would say you know you look at the Leafs and you go, all right, Austin Matthews clearing away their best player. Mm-hmm. Then you've got like Mitch Marner and William Nylander, and neither one of them played center last year. Nylander, right. of course, did a little, but uh, in the playoffs, at least, he wasn't and. They were able to shut them down. It's harder. I think that it's just harder to, to match your lines or to split guys up. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to split Matthews up from Kneelander. You needed to keep them together. But when you can take your best players and put them th- all three down the middle and then drop the wingers in,
1: I think it's just a better formula. Yeah. Pittsburgh, prime example. Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, three yeah. best players. And it works when they had them all rolling on different yeah. lines. But. Yeah. Yeah, i i don't I don't disagree. i I mean, I still enjoy having Ben and Sagan on that top line. Uh, oh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I love to watch it, but. Yeah, it's you, if you're going to have success in this league, I think you need to have a legitimate threat on your third line, and that's where Radulov could really pay dividends because he's going to face significantly less defensive matchups on that third pairing. And uh, the problem for for Dallas is though is they don't really have much in terms of center depth right now, ready to go. Um, I do think one addition that would be very interesting uh, looking at some free agents and guys who. You know, are gonna make a little bit of money. and it might be a little bit out of the, the realm of possibility in terms of money he's going to cost, especially if they're thinking long term for for Sagan's contract. But a Riley Nash, who put up forty points with Boston, could could I mean play very well for them because you yeah. can put him on their second line, you could put him on the third line depending on how Fosca plays, and then you have three decent threats down the middle.
0: Is is Dallas in play for Tavares?
1: No. Uh, I, I don't, don't think, think so. so yeah. I don't think they have. the I feel cap like we need term. to ask that question every time. Absolutely. For every, every team, could they could they get them? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. Um, I. I mean, they could. They could work the cap situation this upcoming season to make it work. However, long term, I just don't think it's a possibility.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if we need to fill this team out, I'm looking to a guy like a Tyler Bozak. Could be a, a good fit, playing a, a third line role, sure. which is which is fine for him. I and mean, he's a he can put up points. Uh, even a Valtteri Filppula wouldn't be a bad third line centerman. Yeah, for that team. But yeah, it's just a matter of there really aren't a a lot of centers out there who are are going to free agency. I mean, it just no, it's going to dry up real quick because in my in my opinion, Thornton's going back to San Jose. That's that's gonna happen. He's he's gonna take whatever cut he needs to take. You know, yeah. He drops down to four million or whatever it is. It's it's fine. He I think yeah. he at this point you've got to go, dude. Like you've made all your money. Let's try to get you a cup, and the only way to do that is I mean maybe do a one a one for three or something like that. But
1: yeah, possibly. And I think. Um, yeah, like, like you said, San Jose or Toronto, if anything, if he's going to go anywhere. So um, not not going to Dallas, but... Um, Jay Beagle would be an interesting
0: uh, fit for Dallas. He would, the, actually. Third line. Yeah. He's, he maybe at this point is more of a fourth-line guy, but, but he's playing very well for for Washington
1: yeah when he's had to step up and play extra minutes on the third line I think it's worked out well another another thing they could really look at too is finding some some cheaper help on D who can play top four minutes but also could sit well on your fifth or sixth spot well they're gonna need that too with Dan of yeah, coming off. I, I don't think we've really talked
0: about Dan Hamhuis much no but at one point a very sought-after defenseman when he was on Nashville and went to Vancouver and but yep. yeah losing Dan Hamhuis,
1: what are they gonna do defensively I think I, um two solutions, and they both come from same teams. Um, I think an Ian Cole or even a Jack Johnson would fit very well with this team, uh, giving them a little bit of offense, but yet um, you know that that veteran leadership they could use for because they do have a lot of younger guys now. That you know, guys like you know Hamhoos are gone, and then eventually you're going to see Mark Mathot leave the or I don't well, I have no idea what they have planned for him, but the year after next, you know, he right. could potentially be gone.
0: Right? Yeah, they have. Uh what if you? I mean, the the great thing about this team, you know, if I was a general manager taking over this team, which, I mean, if this team doesn't make the playoffs this next year, I think unfortunately my buddy Jim Nill is out, yeah. new coach too. Uh, yeah. Well, they have a new coach right right now. Yeah. So I I think maybe this new coach, if uh, if they make improvements, I I, still, I think they need to make the playoffs. Or Jim Nill may be gone, uh, but. I won't disagree with that, and maybe he has an extra year on top of that, depending on you know what they end up doing and what they can acquire. Maybe depending on what they can sign Sagan, or if they sign Sagan, if they lose Sagan, yeah, he's gone for sure. They they, they would have to trade him at the deadline. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I I think that to me, locking up Sagan, number one priority. This team shouldn't leave. The like the draft floor without locking up Sagan. Well, I guess you can't. It has to be July first. July first. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm I'm not going into the season without him signed. <laughs> Because it would be a lot easier for for a team to trade for him, have a full year, sign the extension, mm-hmm. and and go about your way.
1: Well, just look at the the drama they had with John Tavares. Like every, almost every other game, the media was just, "What's going on?" It's brutal. What's going on?
0: Yeah, it's brutal. So. I I don't think he leaves. I think they'll they'll lock him up. They'll give him what he needs. Yeah, his ten mil at least. I, I see. I think I'm wondering if he gets eight years, nine and a half, just like Jamie Ben. But he is uh, he is a little younger and, and a center, so it would be fair to give him a little more. Uh, okay, well, I think we've uh, we've beat the Dallas Stars to death. Goaltending, we forgot to talk about uh, no fine. backup goalie. But yep. I mean, they could they could just resign Carry Letton and it would be okay with me. Yeah, yeah, fine. He'll, I mean, obviously, pay cut, but <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He, I mean, he was okay and a one year deal. Uh, he's he's okay, and it, it may be worth just having. Do you want the guy you're unfamiliar with who's average or the guy you're familiar with who's average? Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, that's uh, the Dallas Stars, and let's move on to the St. Louis Blues. The Blues have uh, do not have their own first-round pick, but they do have the Winnipeg Jets first-round pick acquired uh, when they traded Paul Stastny. And so they all have all the rest of their picks after that. They've got a few free agents. Uh, one interesting one, which we'll come to, is... Robbie Fabry, who's really missed the last two seasons. Uh, and then Nikita Soshnikov. You've got Oscar Sundquist, Dmitry uh Jordan Schmaltz, Joel Edmondson. So some, some pretty significant RFAs. And then as far as unrestricted free agents, Scotty Upshaw, Kyle Brodzniak, and maybe their best free agent, Carter Hutton, guy that saved their season.
1: Yeah. What do what do you do well, with Jake Allen at this almost point? Almost saved their season, they yeah. should say. They still miss the playoffs. I mean, this. So I don't see Carter Hutton coming back. And to me, again, like you said, he's the best free agent on this team, and he he produced for goalies that play thirty games or more, produced the best numbers out of anybody this season. So yeah, he was you, fantastic. Yeah, you know he's going to get paid somewhere else and a lot more money. Uh, he might even end up making just as much as Jake Allen and at, f- at four million dollars and. I mean, Jake Allen was very below average. He played great in the playoffs last year, but for some reason, just couldn't seem to get it together. And I think maybe you know, it kind of makes me wonder a little bit. You know, do you do you go call on a Brian Elliott again and say, "Hey, uh, you want you want to come back and maybe push Jake Allen?" to – I mean, Brian Elliott's not a free agent, but do um, it again, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, come that's not going to happen. It. But um, I mean, you you've got other options. You know, you've got yeah, yeah. Chad Johnson
0: that could come in, and you got.
1: I think a, a John Bernier Bender. would look real good on this team. but
0: Yeah, but it, I guess in my mind, if you're going to go sign Bernier, mm-hmm. what, you're going to sign Bernier for
1: three and a half, you know, at three, three years. and a half.
0: Why not just re-sign Carter Hutton? That's very true. You like him. He
1: plays well with you. You're but I think him, Carter Hutton personally wants to go somewhere where he knows he could probably start. And I think St. Louis he, is committed to Jake Allen at this point where they're not going to relent.
0: Yeah, I mean, they yeah, certainly they want him to start. Uh yeah, you may you may just ditch out just because of that, but I mean, at 32 years old, no team's giving him longer than a two-year deal. I think, maybe three, yeah, maybe like a three it. times three. Sure, yeah. sure, you get away with that because I mean, you think, all right, well, if he if he digresses, then we've got a a slightly over expensive backup, right? And it's not that bad, but if he ends up being a good starter for us. Then we're cooking with gas. So, I mean, obviously, that means that Calgary, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. uh, who are the other typical teams that I need a goalie and I can't never find one. The Islanders. Yeah. yeah, all those guys will be hunting for it. Although I, I think Philadelphia maybe just has too many goalies now.
1: Um, yeah, they got they got Morazic, Neuwerth. Well, well Neuwerth would be a free agent. Yeah, um, and
0: Mrazik, too. Yeah, you, well, you think they they won't even him? no, they'll just won't. let him walk. No. They don't you, want to he
1: wasn't worth it and they they don't want to end up paying Detroit a, a better draft pick for it. So uh personally I think it's just cut your losses and go, but uh yeah, but this team similar to Dallas though, they they have a great great top line um and their biggest problem now with Paul Stasny gone is finding depth at the center position to fill that second, you know, line role and I think I think the idea a couple of years ago was that Robbie Fabry was going to mold into that person but yes. like we talked about being injured so much over the last two years you don't know what you're going to get out of this guy and no he's only 22 right he's still got plenty of so. time plenty of time to develop I think um, for me if you're St. Louis I think right now you want to f- find some scoring depth for this team because guys like Berglund are getting a little bit older um, Saboka, again another guy who you know, filled in quite well for them, getting a little older on the other side of 30. So, you gotta find some depth at the forward position for them, because their defense is more than capable. Well, their and, defense is,
0: is unreal. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and I think with the emergence of a guy like Vince Dung right now, um, this might be a situation where you can offload a guy like Colton Parenko, and really get a great return. I don't think they're offloading any Colton Parekos. I mean, I wouldn't if I'm the GM. No. But no. I think if anything to bolster your top six, this would be the piece to move. But is that now where a Joel Edmondson comes sure. in? or he, a- could, he could absolutely be traded as well, too. But you're not going to get as good of a return for Joel Edmondson as you would for a Colton Parenko. Oh, sure. Yeah, but, but no. is there a... What's,
0: okay, so who's an equal value to a Colton Parenko? Let's let's say uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a team we all know are looking for a defender. Sure. Uh, Colton Parenko to the Leafs, the Leafs have to give up... Neilander, yeah, exactly. And I don't think you're doing that as the Leafs, first off. Uh, Depends how bad you want a defenseman, really. Yeah, and a defenseman who's almost 26... Whereas Neylander's 22. It just, that, that's just where it's... Yes, Pareko's very good. Uh, it just You look at uh, the way... Now, especially the way Vegas has been constructed, you look at them and you go, uh, it seems like you maybe don't need that great a defenseman to go to the finals. I mean, think, last year the Penguins, they didn't even have Chris Letang when they went to the oh, finals. Oh, sure, yeah. Ian Cole was
1: their best defenseman and yeah. Justin
0: Schmaltz. Yeah, and so. Ian, Scho- Ian Cole wasn't even playing... Right. <laughs> Half the year the following year. They're like, thank you very much, but we actually don't think you're very good. You were good enough to win the Stanley Cup and play all those minutes in the playoffs, but now that we're in the regular season and we have our guys back, you're not. It was uh, weird. I, that was always strange to me, why he was just a healthy scratch. Uh, but I think that yeah, when it comes to defensemen or a, a really talented defenseman mm-hmm. or a really talented forward, I, I want the guy who pushes who
1: creates offense okay well speaking of offense this is a team and i, I want to get your thoughts on the, the the realism of it um that i keep hearing tavaris's name being thrown around with probably more than most other teams outside of new yorkish area i would be shocked
0: if Tavares went and lived in st louis well, I, I won't disagree with you. Why you would ever <laughs> voluntarily go and live there? I have no idea.
1: But, I mean, okay. So, living situation aside. Yeah, but that's a huge
0: part of it. You're committing it to eight is. years of living in a city, and you're going to go from living in New York to living in... I Just think think of big name free agents who have gone and signed in St. Louis. The biggest one in the last 10 years is... Paul Stastny. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, it was it was just it was just Paul Stastny. I mean, I, I I think Paul Stastny's a good player, but he was that was at a time where everybody was overpaying everybody, and you just right. did anything you could to attract a free agent. I just I don't say Tavares is. Uh, it's it's not to say that St. Louis wouldn't be a, a good place to play, or that they don't have great fans. It just to me. I, or that their, their team is actually built up, built very well. It just, to me, I'd, I'd look at it and I'd go, I just don't know if this is where I want to spend the rest of my career. I mean, there's, out of all these guys that they have, I'm trying to think of the free agents that have signed there that weren't pretty old or signing as depth guys. And they just, there's, there's nobody. There's nobody that's coming to them outside of trades. So I, I just I don't see that.
1: Okay. No fair I mean that's fair. absolutely. Um, so what do you do if you're trying to correct the St. Louis Blues situation right now?
0: Well, I think the first thing you do is you you need to figure out what you're going to do with, a, with an Alexander Steen. Um, he just has a straight no trade clause. I, I think really it's nothing. just a hard and fast no trade clause. Yes, it is a pure out. I cannot be traded clause. Ouch. Uh, he has three years left on his deal, five seven five. Uh, so he's he's most likely he's there. Uh, so you, I mean you know you've got Jaden Schwartz, Braden Shen, and and Tarasenko. There's your top line. Again, here's, here's your problem, is you can't have your three best players all playing on the first line. It does not work. Right. So you need to find a way. Of course, having a Robbie Fabry back will do wonders. If he can stay healthy and if he's, you know, now after these injuries, if he can still play up to the level that we thought he could. Uh, I think this team, well, they don't go the Tavares route, I think that they will try and be active in in free agency. Uh, I mean, they could probably be active at the draft and trade any number of you know one of their restricted free agent guys. I, I just I think Joel Edmondson would be a a great piece to move. or you look at their three unrestricted free agents. You've got Jay Bomeester, Carl Gunnerson. Robert Bertuzzo, obviously Bertuzzo is a, a depth defenseman, but mm-hmm. uh, Gunnarsson, not a bad bottom pairing guy, and Bomeister with one year left on his deal, he he does have a no trade clause, uh, but you know, with one with one year left, you never know what you can get a guy to, to wave, and the, even though there's there's nothing online that says. Oh it's this type of no trade clause that doesn't yeah. mean there's no clauses within that trade clause. Uh, so to me probably Jay Bomeister is the guy I'm looking to deal. And and you don't you're they are pretty good on defense already. Yeah. I think that you can afford to lose him if it means acquiring a winger who can who can score.
1: Yeah, I the problem with with him is Bomeister, you're not I don't think you're really going to get that great of a return with his injury last year. He looks like he's slowing down. And outside of you know playing with Peter Angelo, he really hasn't done anything that I can really say. Oh, you know this guy's worth you know moving a, a key you know top nine speedy young forward for. But is there a team with a
0: defenseman who needs a partner? This Jay bolmeister is a consummate sure. Partner, I think he's still
1: got enough life. But how about Dallas and Klingberg to be able well, to put him alongside of them? But what do you give up for him, knowing that you're only going to get one more year out of him? Uh,
0: yeah, that's uh, that's a great question.
1: Yeah, you need what you need to do is you need to
0: find a team who is who, who's who's relatively stacked offensively, and yeah. they have a lot of so Dallas. You, yeah, Dallas in that case wouldn't be a good partner because dallas doesn't really have a lot up front either and so yeah you need to find a team who's who's loaded up front a team again like
1: like the maple leafs Mm -hmm. uh a team like
0: i mean tampa bay is loaded everywhere
1: now (laughs) here's the scenario though like come come this offseason if washington can't re-sign a guy like john carlson i could see a guy like um, you know, Bomeister being moved there for maybe a Devonte Smith-Pelly. If they win the Cup, how can you not? How can they not re-sign him? Because right? he's going to get paid so much money, they can't afford it. That's uh, the problem. You need to find a way to afford it. I, I mean, feel. I'm not disagreeing with you because Carlson to me was one of the top five defensemen in the league this year. The, I mean, uh, I
0: I guess when you look at it, you go, well, if they lose, I mean, this truly is it. Yeah, I mean, We actually haven't really talked about that with the Capitals. I, I know that this is bumping up against the St. Louis Blues here, but uh, this is it. If if they win or lose, you're yeah. about to lose John Carlson, your top defenseman. They don't have yeah. a whole lot to speak. I mean, Brooks Orpik is 37 years old. Right. Matt Niskanen, I believe, is 34. I mean, this team is about to maybe hit, they, they probably hit their <laughs> their peak here and it, it probably is downhill from here and now i mean you've got some good forwards still ovechkin's still fantastic but does that does that drive desperation to win because he's never won mm-hmm. if he wins does that begin to fade fade just a little bit just enough just enough, because when you haven't won,
1: there is a big difference. Oh yeah, you know you can see it. You can see that. Yeah. But, what about on the opposite end, though? A Vegas team to acquire a guy like Bo Meester? because they have some younger pieces that they could part with. Yeah, yeah. And he could be a mm. he could be a good partner for a uh, you know a, a Theodore or a Nate Schmidt. How maybe. about uh, Thomas Tatar for Jay Bo Meister? <laughs> <laughs> oh, St. Louis would love that. Return. They would absolutely love that, but I don't think Vegas gives that up after giving up a first, second, and third. I think that's that's just doomed. yeah. I I think that the fact that they barely played him in the playoffs is yeah. It's what I think they're expecting with David Buron and James Neal possibly leaving. I think they're just they have to keep him around, and so he'll he'll see top six minutes and hopefully have a little resurgence. But uh, another topic for another show, I guess. Yeah, and and here's the thing about St. Louis. St. Louis, if if Tarasenko, Schwartz, and Shen can stay healthy,
0: if if Schwartz can avoid avoid that injury bug, yeah. they would have made the playoffs. Absolutely. So if they can stay healthy, playoffs, because their defense tending. is so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, play a Carter Hutton all year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they need Jake Allen to, to be back and, and form and find a, find a decent backup who can push him, but maybe not threaten him completely to take his job, I guess. All
0: right, uh, let's move on to the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers just missing the playoffs
1: just slightly. I went on that mad run. You were, you were touting them for weeks before that run started. Like they're going to be the team that makes it in. And when they started that run, I'm like, no way he called this. And I was, I was hoping for it. Really Uh, was pushing for it. It was, uh, it was exciting. Well, here's the beauty of this team
0: where, you know, a team like St. Louis team like Dallas, no, really, no bad, really bad contracts. Uh, Neither, I mean, Florida doesn't really have bad contracts. Plus, everyone signed for the next three years minimum, if not in the next four or five. Uh, you've got Huberto Barkov, Trocek, Ekblad, Matheson, and then the the only the only contract where you go eh is probably Keith Yandel being signed through twenty two twenty three. Uh, but Keith Yandel had a, his best season in a long time. Uh, over yeah. 50 points. Uh, he went on a tear. I think he had 24 points in 24 games at one point. So that was great. He was on an absolute tear. Uh, and also Roberto Luongo. So all those guys signed through 2021
1: 20, 22. And Luongo probably had one of his best years in a, in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's he's 39. Luongo's 39 <laughs> years old. He'll play till he's 42, I, I, I bet you. And yeah. he'll go on the injured reserve on his last year, that deal.
0: Yeah. I mean, and they also have a 30 year old James Reimer. Good backup. Uh, Yeah, I I don't think you can afford to not have Reimer around because Luongo only needs to play about 40 games a year. Yep, absolutely. 50 at most. I I think 50 is probably his cap. Uh, Can he stay healthy is a big question because well, Reimer also had some really good stretches, he is is a backup goalie. He has stretches where he doesn't look great either. Uh, This team... Uh, as far as their, their draft picks, they don't have a second, a third, or a fourth of their own. They do have Arizona's second and Vegas's fourth. Uh, when you look at this team as a whole, they don't have a whole lot of free agents. Just Gerald, Jared McCann, Frank Vetrano, Alex Petrovic and Mackenzie Weger, all contracts that'll be relatively easy to sign. Maybe Jared McCann's the only one where you look and you go, do you sign him to maybe a five-year deal worth around 3 million and hope that you can hit the jackpot with him? Because he is a guy that was drafted in the first round and he, he looks to be Florida's future third line center. Sure. Um, other than that should be pretty easy to, to re-sign. only UFA is Connor Brickley. So no worries there. Uh, When you look at this team and you go, they had a horrible start, an amazing finish. They're probably somewhere in between Mm -hmm. a playoff bubble team, which is exactly what what happened. They were a playoff bubble team. What does this team need to do to take that next step in order to be competitive year in and year out and actually make the playoffs?
1: I personally think this team needs one big scoring threat to put on a second line here. Um and I say that because Barkoff and Huberdu on that that top line is great.
0: Huberdu, Huberdu. Uh <laughs> can't
1: hate can't hate that combo on the top line. I think this Trocheck was great. Um loved watching that guy's game this year and I think he was probably one of the more underrated players in the NHL who doesn't get a lot of recognition for how good he is. Yeah, he's playing with Jamie McGinn the first like yeah. Third or two
0: thirds of the year, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but a I, I, name I've heard a lot, um, tossed around is a Max Pacioretty coming to this team. And yes. for a guy who can yeah. potentially put up 30 goals, who has and probably could get back to it if he's playing with a decent center here in Florida, could be a welcome addition. Uh, the only question is, what are you giving up to get him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, my guess is the in order. In order to acquire him, mm-hmm. you want to have some security that you're going to be able to, you're going to sign him beyond yeah. just the one year, right? So uh, that takes out any possibility of signing him at the draft, right? Because they can't sign him till July first. So, I mean, when when you look at this team, you got to look at their really it's it's looking at their prospects. I think because while well, Montreal probably wouldn't love to have to deal Patrae just for a bunch of prospects. Mm-hmm. draft picks and prospects. Uh, I think that a guy like Mackenzie Weger uh, who is he's a defensive defenseman who could fit in nicely in Montreal. Montreal it really has no defense minimal defense. depth at defense. No, and so none. if you acquire a guy like Weger you can plug him in somewhere between 4, 5, and 6 somewhere in there. That, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, ice time. He did improve as the season went along. Um, then you maybe you're you're able to package like a, a Henrik Borgstrom or Hepa Hepa Niami, Hepa Niemi, who uh had I think he led the WHL in scoring uh or was was close to it he rolled in the playoffs uh you either there definitely are some some good prospects Florida's cupboards are actually quite full yeah uh, when you take a look at the guys that they that they have, uh, they're just, I mean, like I said, Hepo Niemi, you've got Henrik Borgstrom, who did come up at the end of the year and, and uh, played some games for them and looked pretty good. Owen Tippett, of course, was our first-round draft pick last year. Yep, and I uh, don't see him going anywhere. No, no, I, I don't think that they'll they'll trade him. Uh, Jonathan Eng, uh, he's he's a guy who, he's an assist, assist kind of guy, a centerman. I, I don't know what Montreal looks at patch ready and sees in his value Yeah, i i think for sure a first round pick a prospect roster player
1: that's probably your your place yeah maybe uh, i mean i I see the draft pick part and i think maybe if you're florida you try to negotiate a, a thing where you say hey we'll give you a third round pick right now and maybe it gets bumped up to a second if he resigns something like that yeah that's fair i i mean i i'm thinking that they
0: won't they're going to need a first-round pick. You think so? I think so. I think that that's where it's, uh, you know, maybe it's a third-round pick, and it becomes a first-round pick if he resigns. I because if you're Florida, you're looking at you go. Okay, we have the 15th pick this year, but next year we definitely don't plan on having the 15th pick. We we plan on being in the 20s mm-hmm. at at worst. So I think you give them next year's first-round pick. You with maybe, with a condition on him resigning,
1: do you maybe look at moving a guy like Nick Bukestad, who just maybe hasn't played up to his potential yet? That, I mean, at least the potential that I think he could be.
0: Yeah, I mean, for a a guy first round pick and capable of playing center. I mean, he had he had almost fifty points, forty nine points this year. Yeah, so I he's 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 a, he's a good player. I mean, he no no he had, no doubt you know yeah. he's he's a good second line that. The, a guy that fills out a line he can play center mm-hmm. i he mostly played the wing this year though uh but in montreal for yeah. a team like montreal who needs a centerman uh i mean having a guy like him around could be invaluable if you plug nick bukestad add some size even though he's not he doesn't play a really physical game right but he can use his size sure uh I, yeah i mean uh, if you did a bukestad bukestad and a First-round pick for Pacioretty. But then you're looking at Florida and you go, well, we're giving up a, a guy with 49 points. Not a far cry from what patcheretti is able to produce yeah. in Montreal. Why are we giving him up for Pacioretty? But do you say... Who's much
1: younger and cheaper. Right, but maybe you up. say we're... We're expecting Pacioretty to produce that 70-point plateau where we know he can get to when he actually has, like, playing with a trocheck with a better sentiment. Because, let's face it, he really didn't have anything down the middle to get his buck. Yeah,
0: that's true. Uh, Man. I don't think you give up Bukestad for him. What about a Michael Matheson? Uh, See, I I don't think you give up Matheson. Okay. To, To me... I think they have so many pieces coming. Mm-hmm. When you look at Tippet and Hepponiami and Borgstrom and I, I think there's and, and even 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 guys that are already on the team, like a, a Dennis Malgin, a Maxim Mammon, guys that play Mammon was playing in the in the world champions and looked right. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Jared McCann comes in and, and maybe is your third line center and suddenly can center a line and make a couple of guys around him better. With along with like a Henrik Borgstrom, if you can, if you can shuffle those lines around, which was what they did at the end. In yeah. the end, they were playing. You know, they they actually were playing Huberto with Trocek and right. Dadanov with uh, Barkov, which looked real good, and it looked great. Yeah. yeah, and so if you can spread that wealth around, which again, Florida, their two best players, two of their three best players, are centermen. So it makes it real easy to shuffle guys in and out because mm-hmm. they're going to make guys better, and. It, I've, Evgeny Dadnov, one of the most underrated signings of last year. Yeah, only coming four from the KHL. Dollars. I think he's actually the leading scorer amongst uh, last year's free, free agent agents, signings. If, I, if I'm not,
1: that one wouldn't surprise try, uh, me at all. To he be had honest. how
0: many? How many points did he have? 65. He had Sixty-five points this last year. That's pretty dang good in seventy-four games.
1: Pretty dang for good. Four
0: million bucks. Yeah, and he's only twenty-nine.
1: And so, yeah, I mean. you got a few good years in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't mind the whole wait and let your younger guys grow. I think for a lot of teams, that's always the best approach. Because a lot of times, especially when, when your team like Florida, who has just, they've been struggling to make the playoffs minus the one year where they actually won the division somehow. i still that not was quite That a sure. weird year. Yeah. Um, outside of that, you know. If you're Florida's GM, you you have two options. One, you're hitting the panic button because you just haven't made the playoffs in so long you're desperate for playoff hockey. Um, and with Luongo getting older, you want to do it now. Or you just sit on it and you just say, hey, we're going to let the young guys develop, which I think is the smart approach.
0: It is the smart approach, but Dale Talon is the, the GM. That is very true. So, so, yeah, so. who knows what, what player he'll trade for that is one of, quote, his guys.
1: <laughs> right. Unquote. Yeah, could be. It'll be an interesting offseason to see what they do because I think they're a team that could either hit the panic button or sit still and do nothing. So um, either we're going to see a big trade or we're going to see them do absolutely nothing this off season, I think. Yeah,
0: I mean, you also look at the way this team's constructed. You've got Huberdeau, Barkov, both signed to five point nine million for the next five and four years. Trocheck to four seven five. Bukestad to four one. Dadinov to four. Then you've got Ekblad signed to seven five. Yandel, the 6'3", Matheson, eight. I mean, this team is very responsible. They have yeah. been responsible. So I don't think that you're just going to see a huge free agent signing. I also, I would say this. If Max Pacioretty would like to come to Florida, mm-hmm. we'd love to have you for the 2019-20 right. season. Yeah, wait a year. Because I don't want to give anything up, and I think we have enough coming, and we can bring in, you know, there's there's always... There's always the guy that you can go and you can you find, and maybe they, they end up being a little better than you think. Yeah. And you can find a guy who needs a, a little resurgence, and they, they come to Florida where it's nice out all year long. And that, I mean, no state taxes. There is something to be said about not having to endure winter. I think that winter does
1: have an effect on the body. Well, look, Kerry I mean, Price said it uh, earlier this year. He he was suffering from vitamin D deficiency. Not, I mean, being in that cold winter, no sun around all the time. When you have the sun, that that does something to you. Here is the thing about that: you're a professional athlete. You're making
0: millions of dollars. Yeah. You have trainers all around you. And you're not taking a damn vitamin D supplement like everybody else in the world (laughs) that doesn't live in. I mean, if you live in Michigan, I think Michigan, they say something like 85% of people are vitamin D deficient.
1: That's Mm -hmm. dumb. The pills cost like $4 (laughs) for 900 pills. I I started taking them this year because I honestly started feeling a little groggy at some point during winter. I was like, you know what? I should be taking this. Now, do you take the gummies? No, I do not. Oh, dude, the gummies are worth that. Gummies, really? Yeah, they're delicious. They little taste like fruit. Are we talking just vitamin D gummy or multivitamin yeah, vitamin,
0: gummy? Oh, both. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I like Flintstones. The uh, they are. They don't. They're not in the shape of a Flintstone. Okay. No, no they're <laughs> just little like, you know, circular shape. Oh, things. lifesavers. Got it. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'll give you some. All right. We'll get you. We'll get you <laughs> loaded up on vitamin D. Apparently, we are taking really. the
1: wrong vitamins all
0: along. <laughs> uh, speaking of vitamin D. I got nothing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know where to go from with that. Uh well, okay, so yeah, the Florida Panthers, I, I think they'll just take the the steady, Marble. steady approach. Uh they did say Dale Talon did say that he was gonna go after and be active in free agency. So yeah. we'll see who they can bring in. How about a John Carlson? That would look pretty good there. But uh I it's just a matter of convincing a guy, dude, we can pay you a little less and you'll make just the same amount and it'll be warm all the time. I, I yes. really think that's a draw. I mean, it's it's Miami. You get the right guy in there, and hey, a, a guy like maybe Michael Grabner wouldn't look too bad in Florida. Yeah, yeah, add some add some speed, and a guy who doesn't have he definitely wouldn't have to do it all at at all. Right. <laughs> but he's got a lot of <laughs> a lot of players around him. I just don't think it's worth overpaying a guy like Grabner. Uh, so. It'll be
1: no. I think, if anything, if they want to re sign or if they want to go after any free agents, I think maybe a third, fourth line depth player would probably be the best route for this because I'd, I don't like we talked about they got a lot of good young pieces coming up, and I think maybe you don't want to take away the opportunity for those young guys to get minutes and grow. Um, you know, who would look great, though? Please tell it would me, be David Perron. Yeah, he would look pretty good, actually. David yeah. Perron, there. What did what did David Perron get paid this year? Three seven five, yeah. and he had sixty six points in
0: seventy games.
1: I think it's going to take five and a half to to reel him in somewhere. Oh, I think somebody will give him. I think somebody will give him more than that. You think so? Well, yeah. I mean, hey, Florida's. Not only did we talk about the sunshine, but the state tax thing too plays a big part in it. And I think that's why you're it's kind you know, of unfair. It, it, it absolutely is. That's how they kept Stamkos around there for eight shouldn't, million dollars. Shouldn't you? Like shouldn't you have to go?
0: Okay, let's let's look at this for a second. We're all paying in American dollars, mm-hmm. so that's that's fine. Uh, but shouldn't it all be the same amount of like take-home money? I like, absolutely. Here's what you take home, and then that team in the particular market pays you based
1: on what you take home. Like, there's got to be a way. To do it, to where Maybe you go. you adjust the cap hit for each team based on state based taxes. Based on state taxes. Yeah, because if you're looking at a team like Montreal, right, they, they keep saying they've got the money to sign Tavares, but if I'm Tavares, I'm nowhere near that I'm not giving up they, half my money. Exactly. The taxes there are ridiculous. So no way am I going there at all. Yeah. You're going to have to sign me for $16 million a season to get me to come there, <laughs> and that's not happening. All right, all
0: right. Yeah, then, then you have to trade everybody else just right. to, to stick around, yeah. Well, okay, that is, uh, that's our off-season breakdown for the Dallas Stars and the St. Louis Blues and Florida Panthers. Our next show, we will be covering the Colorado Avalanche, the New Jersey Devils, and the Columbus Blue Jackets, all first-round losers. And uh, wow. we're finally to playoff teams, finally. So we, we have, I mean, we're, we're halfway through, and we've got, what, 20 days until the draft, something like that?
1: When do, yeah, when is the draft? We're right on, we're right on pace. June twenty third, twenty fifth. Yeah, something like that. Something. Yeah, I'll be out of town. I know that. So
0: I know you've told me. It's depressing. Out of town, can't do a live show. But we'll I'm going to be doing a, a live show. So I'll you, you want to do a live show? or You want to be on our show? Wow. Uh, let me know. We could probably probably get some uh, just replace some now. good guests on. <laughs> no, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to get my uh, get my brother to do it too. That would be great. So. All right, well, that is the show. Uh, You can, of course, find us on Twitter at O.T. Hockey Talk. You can go to othockeytalk.com. I forgot the name of our website. Uh, And you can find more content there as well. Uh, We hope you have an excellent weekend. And uh, we will talk to you sometime after this game four. Yeah. Well, wait, it's Monday. Why am I saying have a good weekend? I don't know. I just realized you I was thinking that. it was like Thursday right now. I That's wish. terrible. Uh, there's still four more days left to work. Damn it. Uh, so we will talk to you later in the week. Hope you hope, you know, I hope works great. I hope game four is great. I do too. Can't wait for game five. Go Caps. What a performance by that guy. That guy. That guy. That guy. All right. We'll talk to you soon.